Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Bite-Sized Cybercrime, the podcast where I talk about cybersecurity news, including new threats, which is exactly what we will be covering today. I've been talking a lot about malware lately, and this is yet another malware that made the news two weeks ago. Yes, my news is a bit delayed, but the story has become pretty big, so I feel the need to talk about it. Instead of targeting home routers or IoT devices, though, it targets specific files in one of the most important industries in the world. Healthcare. Since May of 2021, threat actors from North Korea have been targeting healthcare and public health organizations with a unique malware called MAUI. MAUI is a ransomware, and a traditional ransomware locks up your whole computer by encrypting either the whole device or all your files so you can no longer access them, and forcing you to pay, usually in Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency, to get your files back as it says in, well, the ransom message. For the record, if you are a target of ransomware, you should never pay up, because, well, there's no guarantee you will get anything back. Try to back up your files on an external hard drive or the cloud, like with Google Drive or OneDrive. I even recommend finding a cloud storage solution that allows you to recover older versions of files rather than the most recently synced backup. If your backup is external, keep it off your network as much as possible so it's less likely to be infected by the ransomware. A good method for doing this is planning a very specific time to create a new backup and only connecting the hard drive or hard drives to the network while it's in the process of making the backup and then removing it after it's completed. Maui is very strange, however. There is no ransom note, there are no instructions to recover files, and there isn't even a way to transmit the keys used to encrypt the device to the hackers. So what? does it do? What makes this malware unique is that it allows a hacker to manually pick and choose files to encrypt instead of just encrypting everything on the device. That means that only really important data can be targeted with surgical precision, and that requires a lot of skill for the operator of the malware, as well as knowledge as to what assets are important and what they are and where to find them. As of now, you can't automate this. There is not yet a tool that can pinpoint important files to a specific organization. It allows the hackers much more control, as you can imagine, and even allows them to go undetected for longer, as even after action is taken, it could take days to notice the damage, and by then, backups could be infected. A lot of ransomware also sits on the device for a long time and waits for the perfect time to activate. If ransomware has been sitting inactive for months in a file, it can be triggered again when the backup from those months ago is restored. That's why it's important to be able to recover backups from a long time ago, and why ransomware can be such a dangerous threat. However, this method also makes it much easier to clean up, so thanks, I guess. You only need to rebuild the files encrypted, and, well, not an entire server. I mean, you also need to get the ransomware off the device, but the most difficult part by far is the cleanup and rebuilding, especially if there isn't a good backup to work from. So, how exactly does this work? Hackers controlling the malware are able to identify files on a computer, including a server that may store very important data, and they can encrypt those specific files using AES, or Advanced Encryption Standard. The key for that encryption is that it's self-encrypted using RSA, and then that is encoded using ZOR, generated from the hard drive information. So there's a lot of layers going on to keep you locked out of those files that are hand-picked, and all of these encryption algorithms are known to be very tough to crack. To this day, AES has not yet been cracked, and RSA can be cracked sometimes. It really depends on how secure you make it, which depends on how long the encryption key is. However, that's a topic for a different podcast episode. Zora is a bit complicated. If you can guess exactly what it is encrypting, you can technically crack it, 
but given that it is encrypting and encryption of an encryption, that's not really going to be the case here. And finally, how come Maui is targeting healthcare organizations specifically? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Healthcare is financially lucrative, at least in the United States, and I can say from first-hand experience that most of the computers are old and many security practices are seriously outdated. So there's potential for a lot of money and poor cybersecurity practices, which creates a goldmine for hackers. In fact, I'd even consider targeting healthcare to be pretty low-hanging fruit. And why you would use a ransomware specifically against healthcare is because the healthcare industry puts people's lives at stake. If you can't get into patients' charts and see your appointments for the day, and you have to cancel those appointments, many including serious surgeries, you may be willing to just pay a large ransom immediately. This is not even taking into account that hospital machines are also often connected to the network and can be locked up too. Like machines that take your blood pressure automatically, blood glucose monitors that send results to your digital chart. As much as I like how easy technology makes things, physically writing things down is important and still has a place, especially in a ransomware situation. And finally, healthcare information itself can be extremely valuable given its sensitive nature. All these factors make the healthcare sector a perfect target for cyber criminals. So is there anything that can be done about Maui? As I mentioned before, backups are crucial to recover from ransomware, but user training goes a long way. A lot of ransomware makes its way onto a network in the first place because an employee clicks a link in a spam email that downloads the ransomware onto the device. Email filters can help, but they won't catch everything. Never click on links and emails you are not specifically expecting, and if that link asks you for login credentials, do not enter them. More importantly, don't panic. Report the email and wait to hear back if it's legitimate or fake. Phishing emails often try to make you feel like you have to act immediately, as people are less likely to think rationally if they are being rushed. Unfortunately, all of these methods are preventative and won't help you if you've already been infected. But, as with healthcare, good security starts with prevention. Thank you to CISA, Bleepy Computer, ThreatPost, and Security InfoWatch for information on this new terrifying ransomware. And thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. My name is Chloe Tonus, and until next time, make some backups and stay secure.